Welcome everyone back to the Brocast. I'm David Woods, Bruin Report Online, the UCLA site on the 24-7 Sports Network. And I'm saying that funnily because I want to make sure all of those things are still true. They are, but nothing else is. I'm joined today by Tracy Pearson. Tracy, how are you? In part of the big <laughs> in part of the Big Ten conference. We are in the in. Big Ten Conference, baby. Maybe. Probably. Maybe. Very yeah. probably. You know, it's funny. Um, I texted you this morning and I said, damn, we don't have a lot of content today. <laughs> and you know what? Uh, we got some content. Another funny thing. Uh, hundreds of people signed up for our Twitter account today. Yeah. yeah. People, this is peaking interest. This is probably one of the... Um, I, I, okay, so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna overblow it, but probably one of the biggest days in UCLA history. It's one of the biggest days in my life. I gotta tell you. So just like UCLA's been all right. So first, everyone who was hiding under a rock uh, on Thursday. Come on out! Come on out! On it's Thursday sunny and pretty. <laughs> on Thursday, uh, the venerable uh, John Wilner uh, was the first to report, and then uh, a lot came after that. Uh, UCLA and USC are very strongly considering uh, joining the Big Ten as early as 2024. Um, since then, it's become much more real. Um, a lot of uh, corroboration has come out, including some saying that it could be done as early as Thursday night, as early as Friday morning. That it's just a, it's a done deal. They're just formalities. Really. Right. Um, so it's crazy, crazy train time. But just like taking a step back looking at this from you know ten thousand feet uh ucla's been a pack eight pack 10 pack 12 member since there's been a west coast conference with that name um this uh, i think people are like still trying to rationalize it a little bit this guts the pack 12 the pack 12 can't exist anymore without the la schools it just will not exist as a power five power five um conference uh, bye bye because even more than Texas and Oklahoma to the Big 12, this entire conference runs through L.A. Um, yeah. The way the schedule is built is designed around how many times teams get to take trips to L.A. for recruiting purposes. Like, everything revolves around L.A. to the point... I mean, the media contract is probably half built on the L.A. market. Um, exactly. That's, just, the, that's the primary issue. The media no, no way it continues. Yep. UCLA and USC moving to the Big Ten is um, uh, a complete game changer for that conference. The richest conference in the country just got a whole shitload richer. Uh, the LA market added to that conference. Um, the night games added to that conference. Uh, their media deal, which was already projected to be probably over a billion dollars a year, is probably going to be closer to 1.3. Um, it's going to be nuts. Um, so... All of this said, um, it's it's a monumental shift for UCLA. There's so many ramifications of it. Um, the, it's there, dizzying yeah. to think about, Tracy. It is. It is dizzying. And the thing is, when you first when it first hits you, you start going, "Oh, well, okay, that could be good." Then you start thinking through it, and you go, "Oh, that's good. That's good. That's good." And all of those little tiny little concerns just start melting away and it just keeps piling on how good it is. We, I, I think you said it, but it was about 45 seconds ago, so I can't remember that far back. Game changer for UCLA. 
Absolutely. If anyone is doubting that, I mean, very gently, I want to say uh, you might be just too stuck in your old ways because I can't even, given UCLA in any point in in its history, it would be a game changer for what it does to uh, the athletic department. But given where UCLA's athletic department is right now trying to just scrape its way out of the COVID debt, it is it is the most timely savior of anything you could ever imagine for UCLA sports. I, I mean, and before we even start talking about other details of it, we just have to talk about the money. Uh, very, very, very simply, it is a cash boon. It just from the TV deal, UCLA's TV deal through the Pac-12. I don't even know. Twenty-five million. Is, it was, it, was that it their varied thirty million. Yeah, it was. It was. It was not. I mean, it, it's not chump change, but it's not a lot of money. Um, okay. And John Wilner was estimating UCLA and USC's deal each would be a hundred million dollars. Yeah. And that the point you made. That's before. <laughs> That's probably before they're now figuring in the UCLA, the LA market from and what UCLA and USC brings to the value of that TV. Yeah. Market. Yeah. And, and so like there was a bunch of renegotiation that was going to be happening in the next two years. The Pac-12's deal was projected to be somewhere in the neighborhood of 500 million uh, per year. Big Ten's was going to be a billion per year. So just like without getting into the nuances of it, that the Big Ten's formation, probably some of the contract is going to be a little bit more weighted to the L.A. to make it sweeter for them to come in because they're going to be bringing a lot of value in terms of eyeballs. Um, it, it's at minimum doubling the money. Um, and Let me say this, too. I heard from some sources. What really facilitated this was that um, the powers that be in the Pac-12 were finding out you said five hundred million. It it was looking to be less. Like there there is not a market now for Pac twelve, for a Pac twelve TV deal. It yeah. is they were going to have to get. Out. They were going to yeah. have to get insanely creative. They were going to have to do a bunch of weird stuff. They would probably have to really explore streaming rights on a scale that hasn't been done before. Um, it was going to have to get very weird to get the amount of money they would need to, and then you're kind of sacrificing um, eyeballs and stuff. Right. Um, so. There would have been trade-offs, all that kind of stuff. Now going to the Big Ten, there are no trade-offs. Right. The, the only trade-offs are like the practical and logistical, um, which uh, money greases those wheels, baby. Ah, who cares? I mean, let's uh, even before we get to that, because this is going to make almost all those concerns moot. Let's just say it's $100 million. Let's just say. So you're adding somewhere about $70 million. And, and actually, UCLA's deal of any future Pac-12 TV marketing deal was, might have been less, but let's just say it's $70 million. Uh, there are two things that have set, that set back and keep back UCLA. One is money, and two is just the overall kind of high-minded attitude, right? Uh, just kind of a little bit of a snootiness. Those are the two things. Uh, the irony here, UCLA was starting to pull itself out of the money issue, and then COVID hit. And it got into debt worth, I don't know, a couple hundred million dollars. Uh, that's so they had big fundraiser, making a lot of money. Fundraising money was coming in. It was doing well. Boom, they get hit, right? They were kind of solving that problem. And then it wasn't, it, 
It just could not get through COVID. So there's that. Uh, 70, 70 to $75 million. Let's just, let's just start talking budget, what you can do with that. Um, all of those logistical things. Oh, we are, we got to fly to Minneapolis instead of Boulder. Yeah. When you're on a, a charter jet, I mean, another hour of flight is really no big deal, right? I, I mean, flying to Pullman's a pain in the ass anyway. Uh, now you're flying to Lincoln, Nebraska uh, on a charter jet. Well, I think I'd rather fly to, to Lincoln on a charter jet than, than having to connect to get to Pullman, Washington. So as you said, smooths out all of those things. Um, what the other thing besides COVID, uh, the future of UCLA football and basketball was going to be, I thought, deeply impacted by the whole new NIL situation. I don't think UCLA was going to be able to step up and play with the big, big boys on uh, in the NIL environment. Basketball was probably starting to do quite a bit just to remain in, a little bit. I wouldn't even say competitive, but just to remain in the game. Football, not so much. Um, I think you brought it up somewhere because I read it from someone smart, and I think that was you. Uh, there's a possibility now with the... Big Ten money, that you would be able to go to donors who have been supporting the, the football and basketball programs and say, okay, um, you need to switch your donation now to NIL. And just, let's just say conservatively, $25 million for that, right? Oh, yeah. $25 million that was coming in through annually. I mean, UCLA was raising a lot of money annually before COVID. Take a lot of that money, you can now channel it to NIL. UCLA is a competitive football program if it's got $20 million of NIL money annually. The basketball program, highly competitive. It just got $3 million a year, $2.5 million. This is all doable now, yeah. right? If they, um, if they funnel the money correctly, it's doable um, because there is there's all the like support of the program that comes from boosters. I mean, just the coach salaries themselves, like a lot of that is booster-supported. Um, buyouts are booster supported. If you get this media deal, that money can be used for that. Yes. And then suddenly, you know, now, now Casey, used to, Casey yeah. Wasserman's money isn't so tied up. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> so now uh, I, I think, okay. So the, the second part is the attitude, UCLA's attitude. Uh, you know, when there's so much money coming in, attitudes can change. I mean, there will always be the attitude from the university side that, you know, this high-minded academic kind of thing. But when when there's a lot of money coming in, it can kind of make up for that, uh, that, that kind of conservative snootiness. Um, it won't replace it, but it can very much make up for it. Uh, and I just want you to all sit, and we'll get into a lot of details, but just sit back and imagine... All the advantages UCLA has, but now it would have a lot of money. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a whole new world. It's a very very strange world, but it's a whole new one. Um, so, all right. So, uh, nuts and bolts of the um, situation is obviously there's still a lot to flesh out. Um, a lot of people have Im implied that um, the Big Ten isn't done. More than likely, they're going to be poaching 
potentially some more Pac-12 schools. Um, the obvious ones to me are Oregon and Washington. Uh, Washington. Um, I've, I've talked to some. You you are just you are a very smart person. I talked with some sources. They are corroborating what you just believed. Oh, beautiful. Yeah. Um, Oregon and Washington make the most sense. Uh, Washington, yes. the media market in Seattle is huge. Um, it's also a brand. Uh, Oregon, um, you know, their their surge in football in the last 10 years has probably helped considerably. But also you've got the Portland media market. That's, that's not negligible. Um, other than that, I mean... It depends on how broad they want to go. I mean, I can't really see the case for Stanford and Cal. Uh, I've got some little bit of inside information on Stanford. Uh, someone who has some sources into there said to me, Stanford would s- sooner go to the Ivy League than it would go to the Big Ten under these circumstances. Well, then great, because uh, screw Stanford. They can they can go piss up a road. They are that element of UCLA, that higher-minded academic... That is times 100 at Stanford. They would rather end up in the Ivy League. They'd rather end up playing, you know, uh, Vanderbilt and the, the academies than, than sell out for money. That's right. just what it is. Cal might just follow Stanford, um, I would think. Uh, Oregon and Oregon State. Dave, where do you think they end up? You mean Oregon State and Wazoo? Sorry, Wazoo and Oregon State. Mountain West, baby. Mountain West, baby. Yeah, and um, then I think the obvious fit is uh, if the Big 12 can maintain, you know, gravity, uh, getting the Arizonas, Utah, and Colorado into the Big 12 would make a lot of sense. Yes. That all makes very much logical sense if you're just speculating. And I spent a number of hours checking with people I know, and it all jibes with what they've heard around between athletic departments, between coaching and between agents out there. This is all the indication. Yeah. So that's, uh, so there's always a chance because the thing is like when I start thinking about something like this, obviously there's a lot of um, good stuff. There's the cash implications. There's the viability for the, I mean, if you were following things along the viability for UCLA athletics in like the near term, because of the failures of the PAC 12, but also their own financial situation was like, eh, it's a little bit precarious. That's all solved now. But then there's the other stuff, you know, I start thinking about the other stuff. And one of which is um, playing every single one of these big 10 teams at their home stadiums, um, you know, having to do these long road trips. Cause it's one thing to have, you know, you got to go up to Pullman, um, you know, but that's as far as you're going to go, uh, in the pac 12. Now it'll be, you know, potentially four times a year where you have to go basically across the country, um, getting Oregon and Washington into whatever this new formation is and having a West coast pod so that you at least are playing three West coast teams in addition to whatever you do in the non-conference every year so that you're only probably doing two, maybe three big 10 road trips a year would probably be ideal. Um, yeah, I- Exactly. I come. I mean, overall, if you're you're playing nine conference games, right? Right. Four to five on the road right. a year. If Oregon and Washington are two of them, you're down to two or three. And if Nebraska and Minnesota, Iowa, Wisconsin, there might be one where you got to get on a, a plane and go to Michigan. God, that'd just be so horrible to go play in Ann Arbor, wouldn't it? Just be. 
what would you rather do? Get on a plane and go play it and go watch the game in Michigan or go to Tucson? <laughs> and anyway, the uh, UCLA traditionally, though, it all kind of evens out if you think of non-conference and conference. UCLA traditionally always had one big non-conference game, if not two. Uh, traditionally, traveling to Michigan, traveling to Tennessee, traveling to Nebraska, you would kind of switch this out. The conference game would be that would be the equivalent of the old non-conference game. And now the non-conference game, oh, we'll play Cal non-conference wise. We'll play Oregon State. I don't, uh, it will be, it would be very interesting in a very typical year from five or six years ago, if you added up the miles spent of UCLA traveling in football compared to what this would be, it probably wouldn't be that significantly different. And then of course, throw in the charter plane. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it'll probably end up being fine, but again, I think that's contingent on Oregon and Washington coming over too. If you don't get Oregon and Washington coming over too, then you're getting USC. So in odd years where you have five road games, um, say one of them's USC, you're having to do four Big Ten road trips a year. Yeah. Um, that'll be a lot. Um, yeah. So I would say um, there's – I think for UCLA and, and for USC, frankly, uh, they should be pushing hard and lobbying hard for Oregon and Washington to get everything done to get them, come over as well. Um, but it's a lot. Let's say, let's analyze what you said as a lot. For the player, it's a lot. Do you think? I mean, they will be flying a better standard of airplane. Yeah, no, no, no. I, I think it's a lot from a competitive balance standpoint. Um, okay. So, because from a fan standpoint, I think everyone would rather go watch them play Michigan. Oh, I, I, yeah, yeah, no, for for that reason, totally. But um, I've seen enough Pac-12 9 a.m. kicks um, in Big Ten country to last me a lifetime. Um, okay. It's bad. Uh, Pac-12, so it's a big deal to play those. And so many of the Big Ten games are nooners. Um, it would be – that would be very tough to do that multiple times a year. Um, so – and you're kind of at the behest of TV times. They're not going to give a shit that it's a Pac-12 team coming west or coming east. Um, they're not going to change their their proposed schedules for the weekends. We'll take our $100 million and, yeah, and console ourselves over that, I think. But if yeah. you, I, I think it's actually, I mean, for UCLA, yeah. I mean, non-competitive in the Pac-12 the last seven years. What's, what's being non-competitive in the Big Ten, too? But for USC, <laughs> that's going to be significant. Um, and so I think for USC... If they actually want to compete in the Big Ten, they're going to want some a little bit more West Coast in there, um, so that they have so yeah some more travel partners. So let's think if uh, they added Oregon and Washington, that would be they're at fourteen right now, right? They they have the affiliate. They got Notre Dame and Notre Dame's the affiliate, right? Not in every, uh, not in every. Uh, Big Ten. I think sport. Notre Dame is ACC. Are they? Yeah, Notre Dame is ACC. Oh, ACC. Okay, okay, fine. Be that way. Oh, you know what? There, Notre Dame's in other things within the Big Ten. I think other sports, aren't they? I think uh, so. No, no, no. Notre Dame's ACC with other sports. Um, they might okay. withdraw from the ACC to join the Big Ten. Okay. Um. So let's just say the league you divide it. East and West, correct? 
Yes. UCLA, USC, Washington, Oregon, Nebraska, Minnesota, Iowa, Wisconsin. Sure. Would you think that would be what it is? Well, so it will be – all right. So that's – right now it's at 14. It's at 16. Um, the problem is – the problem is that chunk of the existing Big Ten is pretty bad. Yeah. And I don't know that um, – Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State would find that necessarily very equitable. Right. So then you would have Northwestern, Purdue, Indiana, Michigan State, Michigan, Ohio State, Penn State, Rutgers, and Maryland. Yeah, I don't know that that would necessarily work for Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State. Well, you probably have some cross-divisional play, just like you had in the Pac-12. I think right. the thing that would make yeah. the most sense if you're going to do uh, 16 and stop at 16 would be pods. So do something like Nebraska, Iowa, USC, UCLA. Those four teams just always play each other um, and just group them into fours um, rather than doing divisions. And then um, there is the talk that Notre Dame would be added for football, basketball, major sports. Yep. Um, you'd have to think Notre Dame would seriously be considering this now. Well, you know what it was? Yeah, they're Notre Dame's for like lacrosse or men's hockey or something. Um, they'd have to consider this. It's just too lucrative for them. It's too easy for them, being that they're in South Bend, Indiana. Don't you think Notre Dame would be strongly compelled to also jump on board? I would have to think so. Um, and they would actually add value for the Big Ten, even though they are already within the footprint um, because of, you know, uh, their interests across the country. I think that's so Wilner just tweeted, and I think this is always something to keep in mind. John, there has to be value added um, from a TV mar- media market, media revenue standpoint. Is that what he just tweeted? Basically. Um, oh, wow. So but he's listening to us, right? He's listening right now. But so if you're going to add Notre Dame, that makes sense. And if you're going to add Washington, that makes sense. And if you're going to add Oregon, that probably makes sense. Oregon makes sense. But can you add Utah? I don't think so. No. Um, because BYU is actually the big brand in Utah. Um, yeah. Can you add Colorado? I mean, Denver's a pretty big media market, but how many people are watching Colorado football these days? Yeah. So yeah. It, it's just, it's, there's, there, it's tough. It's there, tough there to was, figure it out. There's a tweet. There's a couple of tweets. It said the the um, the Big Twelve, after hearing this, is going to get aggressive and and go after the Arizona schools, Colorado and Utah, which makes a lot of sense um, for them. Uh, it's funny how this all kind of sorts out. That's what I said at the top here. Is that as the more you think about it, the more it sorts out sensibly, which is crazy. A bit um and we're talking we just talked mostly football too um basketball a little bit different of a story right um when you travel in the pac-12 as you know you go on those two game road trips uh so that might be a little bit more challenging uh logistically I, I guess you would pair up some teams probably um so traveling basketball team 
might be a little bit more challenging. Um, but the val the main value for the Big Ten was obviously USC football and UCLA basketball. The prestige that what UCLA basketball, I mean, one of the blue bloods in the country brings to that conference is just highly, highly, highly valuable for them. So uh, for UCLA basketball, if, if you asked any UCLA coach and just said, hey, what, what would you say is one of the biggest drawbacks coaching at UCLA? And they, they would probably tell you that uh, we kind of coach in a vacuum. I mean, most of, the, most of the country doesn't see us play. This would more or less go a long way towards solving that. Yeah. Um, not all, just not only in exposure, but absolutely in recruiting. The rec if you're a basketball blue blood and you are now in a conference where you're playing a lot in, in the Midwest and your games are being televised, and they're being televised out in L.A. <laughs> I, I'm just picture December. Um, uh, who? Uh, uh, Iowa comes to play at Poly Pavilion. And recruits from the Midwest are watching this. And they go, what the heck? Why are they showing? Is this that shot from the beach? Was that from June? What is this? I, I mean... <laughs> The value of that, I don't even think, I don't think we can even estimate it on what it could do with its impact. Um, that's the other thing. There's so many things I don't think we've even, we can even speculate about, uh, about the impact because we're all, we're on in new territory here. Yeah. It's, 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 uh, yeah, I'm, I'm still, so it's been what, when did I, when did I text you that, that, that that text what was that, that like 9 a.m holy f text? yeah was that 10 a.m something like that um something like that it's been five hours and i still don't really fully have my mind wrapped around it there's a lot of implications of it um there's even more with basketball too it's it's like there's so much with basketball because there are just more conference games yeah right? well and there's the, so used to the thursday saturday that's not the way of it in most leagues like yeah. when you were talking it's it's going to be a wild schedule unless they unless ucla is basically able to say to them hey you guys all got to partner up and we're going to do this the way we do it in the pac-12 which i don't think is going to work out there um so it's going to be like a lot of weird tuesday night games and stuff which it's going to be strange it's going to be a very strange world um i think it's better i think it'll be better for the for the pac-12 or for, for ucla not better for the pac-12 the pac-12 is dead um, but for, for UCLA, it'll be better. Um, yeah. but, uh, the grand scheme of things, um, it's, it, it's going to change so much of just, I mean, for me personally, the rhythm of covering this stuff, I have yeah. think about this, Tracy, we yes, have to Dave. watch so much bad big 10 football now. Like I'm going to have to sit down and just munch on Indiana Rutgers. Think about that. Yeah. See, you know what? Uh, it's a different brand of bad football compared no, to some of the thing. bad football. Oregon State, Arizona, I can get into that because it's interesting bad. Hmm. Indiana Rutgers, it's going to be like 4-3 final. Um, like both teams just full of guys who work on the docks in, their, in, in the offseason. Like, I don't want to watch that. 
You, you know, and uh, again, I'm putting that in the column of, uh, I understand, and I'm with you, but I'm putting that in the column of a very small little consideration given the bigger scheme of things here. Oh, by the way, um, just a side note, um, just while I was thinking of how I am talking smack about a bunch of Big Ten schools, do you know Iowa State Twitter got a hold of our broadcast from last week and were just shooting flames at me for what I said about Ames, <laughs> Iowa. <laughs> what did you say again? Refresh my memory. I, I think I just said it's a you know it's a it's a truck stop. Um, you know that's that's fine. Um, but they they got heated. They got heated at me. That's how would they find I, that? It, well, that I think it speaks to what I was saying about Ames, which is there's nothing to do there. There's such little to do there that they're listening to a UCLA podcast. <laughs> They just found that comment exactly. right now. Exactly. Too. You want to go? Keep going. I should. Give yourself a well, bigger no, no, hole. No, 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 no. Now I got to. Now I got to pace myself because I've okay. got a pen, potentially like an eternity of. Yeah, of, guys. Of, all of, you, of all you people from about Ames, Big Ten states. Yeah, all you people from Ames, you're going to have to listen to the next 25 <laughs> minutes to get Dave's. Well, Ames other doesn't insult. matter. Ames is Big Twelve. I, I need to get my Iowa City game up. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Um, no, I, I got, got to figure out some some things to say about Champaign, Illinois. Um, no, yeah, what is, yeah, there's not a lot. Have you been to Madison, Wisconsin? I have, shockingly. Damn, that was fun. Yeah, that was uh, really fun. Yeah, I mean, a lot of the Midwest is kind of fun. Lincoln, and then a lot Nebraska of it... was one of the best away experiences. Though they are the nicest people. Yeah, it's like Stepford nice. You yeah. walk down the sidewalk, they go hello. Thank you for coming here. We really appreciate you coming coming to Lincoln. <laughs> well, you have to be. I mean, there's no hiding. There's no hiding in Nebraska because everything's so flat. Uh, uh, um, Indianapolis, uh, Bloomington. Indianapolis is fine. I liked Indianapolis. They've got a great children's museum. How about Bloomington? Uh, no. How about not? How about no? Incorrect, Tracy. I have to admit, never been. Hey, and ha- if you if you're unfamiliar with Northwestern, it's basically Chicago. It's cool. it's it is Chicago. Yeah, I mean it's Evanston. Yeah. What are you gonna do? Um, uh, Lafayette, Indiana. <sighs> All right. Ne- no, never no. been. This is this is this is like the opposite of um of what's that form of like therapy where the people just whisper in your ear? This is like the opposite of that. <laughs> this is not ASMR. East um, Lansing. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be fun. This is, I mean, uh, we're a little tired of all the Pac-12 cities. This is going to be Oh, be crap. Great. Now I've got to think about, oh, you're right. Because now I have to think about, like, oh, I've got to, not. I've got to, like, uh, uh, you know, check these boxes now again. I've got to yeah. go to these places. Yeah. Oh, hell. <sighs> I mean, you're going to go to Rutgers oh, at some point. I'm gonna go to You're, dude. Were you? Did you remember? Maryland is in that league now. Maryland is in that league. Yeah. Why? I, I don't I, know. I don't know if they could rethink it. Uh, we're gonna get Maryland people are gonna listen to it. If they could rethink it. Would, no, no, no. Maryland. They've got things to do in Maryland. It's well, coastal. Right, but if they were rethinking the Big Twelve now, Oof. would they? Would they go for Maryland and Rutgers? No, God, no. Uh, no, I think that was that was just a pure play for media markets, but that one probably can't be paying off. Um, yeah, yeah. No, they're they're. I, I think you could probably up the like average payout to the schools by about ten million if you just cut those two schools out. Well, you know, yeah, we'll tra- if if this would work, we'll trade you like an Oregon and Washington. For 
Yeah, exactly. Pac-12, there they go. Big, I'm sorry, Big 12. Absolutely. Hey, it, can we think about this too? I mean, since we're being kind of, you know, upstart crows here of coming into the situation and demanding things in the Big 10, can it change its name? Big 10, you already have 14 right now. It might be 16, could be Could you come up with something else like Super Conference, something, just some other name? Do they have to really go with Big Ten just because they're hung up on that logo? That logo is kind of cool. But don't you think they're going to have to change this name now or no? Yeah. No, they're definitely going to have to change the name. And th they should go immediately for like Super Conference. Something like that because everyone calls everything a Super Conference. And, and beat like, you know, the SEC to the punch. <laughs> I like it. Um, so... We can talk a little bit more about recruiting. Um, I would say that it will all in all benefit UCLA recruiting football and basketball. Um, as I said with with basketball recruiting, and I think it I think it's the same with football recruiting. The main problem with UCLA football and basketball recruiting is just the exposure. There just aren't enough kids that actually see the te teams play. Um, this is going to go a long way to, to solving that. Um, obviously, getting a footprint in the Midwest. Uh, all of those kids being able to say, wait, I can play in the Big Ten and I can live in Los Angeles? I mean, I can play... Uh, against Michigan and Wisconsin and, and Ohio State, and I can live in Los Angeles. Kind of an advantage, just not with recruiting Midwest kids, but an advantage in recruiting West Coast kids, would you say? I think it could be. I think you could definitely pitch it. Yeah. I think there's, I mean, there's a lot of positives potential here. I think there's, I think if you can get your mind kind of out of the, um, I don't know, uh, the previous paradigm. I think there's a lot of positives. I think there's, you know, there's potential to, uh, especially in football, to get lost a little bit, um, to have the, the program get lost a little bit just in, like, the the sheer number of teams in the Big Ten. Um, but uh, I think, you know, there's been a reality of UCLA football that has uh, deviated from what our expectations are of it um, over the last 20 years that you know, we all have to contend with in our own little ways, but the reality is we were lost in the, in the PAC 12 too. Um, so I mean, I think it's mostly positive and the things that are potentially negative would were kind of negative already in the PAC 12. Um, hey, that that's a great point because I want to just piggyback on that. What, when you think about UCLA in the big 10, you go, Ooh, God, I mean, they're second tier big 10, the UCLA of the PAC 12 is second tier in the Big Ten. The UCLA of the Big Ten with a hundred million more dollars a year just might not be. We've never seen this. <laughs> um, a flush UCLA football program is not your Pac-12 UCLA football program. Just saying, it, it could be a completely different kind of football program. Right. Yeah. It's, uh, it's nuts, man. It's just nuts. I, I mean, you're right. When you start really thinking about it, 
you kind of get, you can't get your, your mind around it really. Um, in so many, in so many different ways. And I think so much of the, where people trip up is that, is the travel, right? How tough that could be. But if you really look at the difficulty of flying to some of those places compared to some of the places that they were flying in the Pac-12, plus in a conventional year, pre-COVID year, they, you know, they, they were, I, they've played at Michigan. They've played, they've made those journeys for non-conference games. There wouldn't overall, as I said, be that much of a difference in miles traveled, I think. Um, and that's in football. Um, and I keep saying it. When you get a charter plane, that makes things so much. Have you ever been on a charter plane? No. I've been on a private plane a couple of times. Um, and it makes an immense difference of travel. It, it is, it is stress-free. You just drive right up, you get on the thing, you're out and then you land, you drive right off. It's all the, all the problems of flying is that whole airport boarding thing, right? Yeah. You, you, you avoid that whole thing. True. Um, what else would you say? I, I want to like knock down every, every worry here because there's a lot of, there's a lot of like, you know, bros out there in the forum. I think one said this is the worst day in the history of UCLA sports. I think it's I, I think, a lot of soft, I want to lay I think their it's mostly soft concerns. Like I think it's mostly um, like this isn't what I've come to know. And like I mean, there's some people who legitimately like they want to see UCLA play Cal and Stanford every year. Like that's not going to happen. Um, yeah. And uh, want to see you know what wherefore uh, what happens to the uh, to the UCLA Arizona rivalry. Um, in basketball, uh, I, mean, I that I, is, I, I'm more, I'm more, uh, have uh, there Stanford and Cal. I have more affection and it would be more sentimental of me thinking that we would lose them than Arizona. Yeah. I mean, I think so, but, um, the, uh, the, well, first not about Stanford. I could, I'll go the rest of my life without seeing UCLA play Stanford in football again. Um, but there is, I mean, there's value to the draw for UCLA and Arizona in basketball that I think it would behoove both schools to probably just schedule a perpetual home and home, um, or, or at least one non-conference game every year. Um, but, uh, like I would, I would love it if they just continued a two game series every single year. Um, I think that would be ideal. Yeah. Um, but if, other than that, I mean... I don't, I mean, is there, is there that much value in UCLA playing ASU in football? No, no. I mean, there's no, there's no shared history there. Really? Uh, Oregon state, Washington state. Yeah. Meh. Um, meh. I think it's mostly the California schools. And then I think Oregon and Washington, you know, getting those schools and playing them occasionally is still ideal. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm going on, on the assumption that Oregon and Washington are going to be brought into this thing right so i i don't know when i look at the other concerns i, I just don't find anything that compelling I, I think you could make like some soft kind of um more you know 
emotion and feeling based concerns that I think are completely valid, which are, you know, I, I want to see them play the, you know, the teams I've grown up watching them play. And I get that. I mean, it's going to be weird. I, I, you know, playing whoever it's going to be Iowa every year instead of um, whoever Utah every year is going to be weird. Um, Utah has been a recent thing anyway. No, but just as a, yeah. for instance, even Utah, I mean, like yeah. Utah the last 10 years. Um, but, and the thing is Utah, UCLA had a history of playing Utah even before they were in the Pac-12. It's going to be a lot of teams that UCLA has absolutely no history facing outside of the Rose Bowl, which last happened, you know, UCLA was last in a Rose Bowl 23 years ago. Um, so there's just, a, I mean, there's a lot of, uh, it's a, it's, get, it's a lot get. of new world stuff, like a lot of brave new world stuff. And and the only thing I'm attached to, seriously, you're not attached to Stanford. Uh, it's Stanfording, it's Cal and Stanford for me. I, I could not play... But I'm I'm including Oregon and Washington in the Big Ten. I could not play anyone else and not care that are currently in the Pac-12. Just wouldn't care. Hey, do you think this would eliminate the Pac-12 after dark games? Do you think there would be any games that they'd be playing at 7 o'clock Pacific time? Hmm. No, I mean, I, I, I don't, think it, I, I don't think it eliminates them at all. In fact, I think it makes it a virtual guarantee that the Pac-12, the games at the former Pac-12 schools are all going to be night games. Because huh. the, the so I think for the TV deal to reach its maximum proportions for the Big Ten, they're going to want coverage from 9 a.m. to midnight. Yeah. Um, and so that is going to require the Pac-12 teams agreeing to play Seven thirty, eight o'clock games. Because um, if they do that, the Big Ten can dominate from dawn to dusk. Um, but if 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 the Pac-12 somehow, I think the Pac-12, I think the former Pac-12 schools are going to end out end up ahead in that they're going to have fewer night games because they're only going to have four or five home games a year. But I think those home games, it's going to be a much higher percentage of them that are night games. Yeah. That makes sense to me, too. I, I think they'll look at it. They probably looked at it as an advantage. Like you said, we're going to dominate from dawn to, to du- not dusk. from Dawn to midnight. To the dawn hour. to midnight. Yeah. <laughs> well, you won't have to turn your TV set o- away from the Big Ten. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, so the SEC has density and has probably more interest per capita. But the Big Ten is going to have coverage, baby. Yeah. You know, you can wake up with Rutgers football and go to sleep with USC or whatever. Yeah. Um, so, I, I, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how it all shakes out. I, I think end of the day, it's a money play, but it's a smart money play. It had to be done. Um, I think there was there were a lot of bad trend lines for the Pac-12. I don't think it was viable. I, I, USC and UCLA could have propped it up forever, probably, as, as something like the fifth best Power 5 program, Power 5 conference. But it wouldn't have been pretty, um, and they would have con- increasingly lost the money race um, to not only the Big Ten and the SEC, but frankly, the ACC. Once they got their act together, um, it probably would have outpaced uh, the Pac-12 as well. So, had well, to happen. And, and it would have, if UCLA had stayed in any form of the Pac-12, I, I think, I think that would have been kind of the death knell. For- 
for UCLA sports. Maybe not UCLA basketball, UCLA football. It just wouldn't, I mean, there are, right now with NIL and there are programs out there, you know, with $20 million in their, in their NIL collectives to pay off their, their players, UCLA was not going to be able to, this gives them a viable way to compete with that. Um, I, I just didn't see how that was going to happen. Now, the Pac-12 turned around and said, well, you know, we want to stay together. We're going to give UCLA and USC $100 million of a TV deal each. You know, money makes the difference. But um, the more people I talked to today, they just said that the Pac-12 has no power, nothing to go on. They had just such a, such a lack of interest in a TV deal. Um, I, I'm really wondering where those numbers were getting down to <laughs> for their potential TV deal. Yeah, um, it was probably not good. Yeah. So, I mean, I think we went through most of it, and I, I can't really come up with any really serious concern. And all it is is, like I said, this is a potential thing that could really save UCLA football. And basketball didn't necessarily need saving, but football did. Um, the combination of COVID and NIL really kind of one-two punch, it kicked its ass. It, it would have had to really had some kind of other vision and plan outside of the way it conventionally thinks, I think, to salvage a, a competitive program. And... Whether UCLA con conceived of this and and had a major hand in it, or whether this was plopped in her lap, this is it. <coughs> very much so. I just sneezed. That was my punctuation. That was very cool. It was really good timing. Yeah. Um, I was trying to hold thing, it. I was trying to hold the, it in. The other thing, too, is it's a good academic fit. It's a good fit all around. I mean, there are some, you know, reputable academic schools in the Big Ten. Um, so it's it's not like UCLA is joining the SEC, right? Um, I don't know. It seems, it's just, the more I think about it, the more I think, and, and this is what I have been concentrating on. The UCLA football program was some money. Yeah. Yeah. It uh, it's a game changer. We're gonna have to see what this new future holds. But I think uh, if you can, if you can break out of your old time thinking, um, there is uh, there's optimism. Also, uh, we're gonna give you a little hint here. Um, you all have been clamoring for some kind of vehicle to help UCLA in the NIL uh, environment. Bro is going to be helping you soon with that. Um, it's happening, people. Within the next few days, when you say at least by the beginning, well, sometime next week, right? Yes, our our our, our hope is to have uh, have something more uh, more more tangible next week. Yeah. Yes. Uh, we've heard you. We've listened to you, and we are responding. We're going to give you um, the means to satisfy your nil frustrations right this the ones that you all have been voicing you're on the sounding forum. either more like a drug pusher or a pornography uh salesman 
I've always thought of myself as that anyway. Yeah. So, I mean, don't you? Yeah, yeah, no. Scratch your itch, you sickos. I mean, someone still has that, that quote that I had. My wife was just really relieved when I wasn't watching porn. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Yep, yep, yep. Okay. Well, this is exciting. I think you all should be excited. I, I, the more you think about it, the more you think about the potential for it, uh, it, it is a game changer for UCLA sports. Be excited. Be, be excited. Um, okay. Well. I was just picturing you in a cheerleader outfit. Yeah, I bet you were. Um, <laughs> all right. Uh, well, for Tracy Pearson, I'm David Woods, Bruin Report Online, and we will talk to you again next time. Be, be excited. <laughs>